The App Guide podcast is brought to you by Gummy Cube. Gummy Cube can help your app flourish in the App Store. Gummy Cube's ASO service is a complete program with the best technology and most knowledgeable advisors. To go and get your advice, go to gummycube.com. That's gummycube.com. And thanks to Gummy Cube for being such a long-term supporter of this show. Apptentive. Apptentive puts actionable data at your fingertips. The Apptentive dashboard provides key insights into who your customers are, what they care about, and how to talk with them. To request a demo, go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That's apptentive.com forward slash appguy and find out all about their reporting and analytics. Numob, N-E-U-M-O-B. Numob are the leaders in app acceleration for Android and iOS. They've created a solution that speeds up the load times and performance of your mobile apps by two to 10 times. Go to newmob.com, that's N-E-U-M-O-B.com. B7Dev, that is B7Dev.com. App development you really enjoy. And make sure that when you're reaching out to the founder, his name is Haim, mention my name and I'm sure that he will look after you. Thanks very much to B7Dev for supporting the show. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you might be in the world. My name's John Bradford. I was the Managing Director of Techstars London, and you are listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. This is Paul Kemp. I love this show because I go on the journeys of other app entrepreneurs. So you listening to this right now can get inspired to follow in the their footsteps. And whether that is quitting your job, working for a startup, having a pretty awesome life, following your passion, these are all relevant questions that you will have answered uh, by our guests on this podcast. I do have archives. You can go and subscribe to those by just going to your podcasting app and searching the App Guy podcast, Paul Kemp, Archive Part 1, Archive Part 2, and Archive Part 3. Worth doing. But let me get to today's episode. Today's episode is, I'm very inspired by this. The guest reached out and they have done something rather crazy. They've quit their work to follow their passion in building an app. And, and it's a wonderful app. I've been uh, using it now regularly. I think this app is going to do really well. So we're going to really get to it at the start of the journey. Uh, let me introduce to you Roosh Sadiwala. Roosh is the founder of Zolt App. So go and download Zolt App. It's a wonderful news reading app. So Roosh, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me and thank you for that introduction. Thank you for coming on. I love this app. So for the audience who are listening to this, let's assume that they've downloaded Zoltap. Tell us about the inspiration for doing this news reader app. Sure. So our mission at Zolt is to make the news ridiculously easy to consume. And what we do is we give you 60-word summaries of the news. Uh, the inspiration for this is a combination of my passion for the news and also the frustration that I spend um, interacting with many people in my life, be it friends, cousins, family, of a lot of people who just go through life completely oblivious to the news. And I wanted to do something that could help get the news to them faster and easier. And the culmination of all of that is Zolt. That's wonderful. Let's paint a picture for people listening to this now. Let's paint a picture of you. And where are you based and, and, and what job did you have to leave to create Zolt? 
So I spend my time equal and equal parts between New York and Bombay. And um, prior to quitting my job, so I used to work in private equity for a large fund in Hong Kong. I quit that job. I took a sabbatical, did a whole bunch of travel and thinking and meditation, and then got into business school at Columbia Business School in New York. Six weeks into business school, I realized that if I wanted to follow my life's passion and build a business, um, I needed to do it and not learn how to do it uh, from slides. So I dropped out of school and uh, started started building a company. You know, Roosh, I have to say that is why I do this show is to meet people like yourself. I was in finance as well, and I lost my way and then finally found the world of apps. So let's talk then about getting Zolt off the ground. You've quit your job. You've quit business school. You've got this great idea and passion. What did you do first, the most important thing to make this happen? Sure. And maybe I could just back up a little bit. So I was working in private equity, you know, doing enormous deals, living the life, you know, having a great time. And I really loved what I was doing, but I really wasn't happy, if if that makes sense. Um, I had one of the best jobs you could possibly have, and I still wasn't happy. So I got into business school and I, I quit my job as soon as I got in. And I took some time off to travel the world. And while I was traveling, I was actually on a flight from Hong Kong to Singapore. And I happened to sit next to a man who has since changed my life and he's become a mentor. He was a priest who had become an investment banker. And we got chatting and he, he, was, an, he, was, from, he was American and we, you know, we got chatting and he started asking me questions about what I was doing and you know, what I really wanted out of life. And that, that conversation was really seminal in terms of helping me think about what I wanted to do. And that conversation is what's led to all of this. Um, so after, you know, he, he guided me after that conversation. I did a 10-day meditation course called Vipassana, where you sit alone in complete silence for 10 days and you're not allowed to talk to anybody. And you learn how to meditate and you concentrate on the things that matter to you. And in that process, it really became apparent to me that, you know, launching a business was what I had to do. So, but I'd already gotten into business school at this point. So I went there and then very quickly made the decision that, you know, I wanted to pursue my passion. So when I first quit business school, I actually did not start with Zolt. I started a food tech company that we were trying to build a online marketplace for homemade food. And this was in India. So there was nothing like it at the time. And India has a culture of incredible food being made in people's homes. And there's no online registry or directory like Yelp for homemade food. So that's what we tried to build out. Fortunately, it was that was my first venture. You know, bootstrapped it, kept it small, small betas. I learned a tremendous amount, but in the process of doing that, the idea for Zolt germinated, and that's when I kind of you know found my found what I wanted to really take the plunge on and you know pull out all the plugs and go go really deep into. I love this story, Rush. I'm just so taken back. I mean, I'm imagining now. Here you are. You're on a flight. You meet a man. It, he changes your life. And anyone listening, your life can change it in an instant just by one of those encounters. And I think we all have to be prepared for that. Would you agree? 
Absolutely. In, in retrospect, you know, it's, this is a complete butterfly effect. I, while I'd always kind of known in my heart that I wanted to own my own business one day, I probably would not have thought that it would happen so quickly. And, it, and when I trace it back, it all kind of stems to that one conversation and the questions that he asked me. And, you know, everything that's followed since has been, a, has been has built on that. So let's help the listeners to learn from you then and what you've done with Zolt. So I would like to ask you whether you, first of all, have a co-founder or whether you're doing this on your own. And what are you doing about funding? Sure. So I'm doing this by myself. I have been very fortunate to get the help of some friends um, who have been extraordinarily generous with their time and efforts in helping me. Uh, but Zolt is my baby, and I'm doing it on my own. Up until now, I've bootstrapped it, um, and I've self-funded it myself. And so, you know, I was uh, fortunate to have worked six years in finance prior to this, um, and dipping into my savings and putting my money where my mouth is. But we'll, as we continue to grow, uh, we will open up uh, to raising external capital. What would you say, Roosh, is your biggest challenge right now in where you're at with the app? What's the biggest uh, obstacle in your way or challenge that you have with it? So we're in a crowded space, the, the news app space. Uh, there's plenty of people out there who are doing incredible things uh, with news apps and news aggregators in general. Uh, so our consumers have a lot of options. So, you know, getting the word out there and letting people know that Zolt exists and, you know, and we have to displace an existing news app because most people already have their own, they, they have an existing app through which they're getting the news. So we need to you know, not only reach people, but we need to break their habit and get them to switch over to us. I would say, you know, getting the word out there about Zolt um, has been my, my single biggest challenge. We've built the product and I'm very happy with the initial feedback and the traction we're seeing right now. Um, incredibly positive reviews, but now we need to take it to the next level and let the world know that we exist. And I guess what would be your plans on how you plan to do that uh, from a marketing perspective or a PR perspective? Have you got any plans you can share with us on how you're going to tackle this challenge? Sure. So we're doing multiple things. Um, The first is, you know, focus on your product, make sure it's quality. If it's quality, people will talk about it and it'll grow. And we're starting to see that already. We haven't spent a single dollar on advertising today. I haven't approached. You're you're actually the first podcast or journalist, media person that I'm speaking with. We we're yet you know we're in 62 different countries, have thousands of downloads, and are seeing the downloads continue to increase steadily and organically. But obviously now, as we plan to take this to the next level, we'll start reaching out to the media. One of the things that we've done to grow organically actually is that we've we partnered with a charity that's based in India and what we do is for every two friends that you share the app with uh, we donate a book to an underprivileged child in India and you, you get a code you get a unique code through the app itself that you can share with your friends you can put it on Twitter you can put it on Facebook wherever so it's no cost to you and you're doing some good in the world. And I had this realization that people who are reading the news regularly are generally people who are concerned about the world and are socially aware, and they also like reading. So by donating books to children, uh, that's a great way to organically get people to start talking about your app. And we're starting to see that. 
uh, we just donated a hundred books last week, and that was a great feeling. I was more than happy to to spend to to make that donation because it's a win win. That, that's great insight. Of course, you're first on the App Guide podcast because we get all these exclusives. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, and and also, uh, I guess you will have to remind me. I've come across a uh, one of the past guests shared with me a tech spreadsheet full of the top 900 journalists around the world. So uh, I'd be happy to share with you that if that is helping you out with your media outreach. That would be really helpful. So let me thank who I think is the planet's best app store optimization company, and that is GummyCube. Now, GummyCube are a San Francisco-based company, but they can deal with you wherever you are. They are an app store optimization technology company. Now, they leverage big data from the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, and they use this to feed their algorithms, which helps you to be more effective with search on the App Store. Now, one of the biggest discoveries they've made over the last few years is that web search and mobile search are completely different. So they collect big data, it's called DataCube, and this is from the app stores, not the web search. Uh, So this means that you can be much, much more effective with optimizing your apps uh, for the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So I highly recommend going and checking them out. It's www.gummycube.com, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com. And just thank you, GummyCube, for being such a great supporter of this show. So let me thank my really cool sponsor, Abtentive. Uh, They have a dashboard that when you log into, you get to see how your users of your app are uh, effectively using it. And it gives you the best way to communicate with them. Now, the terrific thing is you get to try it for free right now, today. If you pause this podcast, go and check them out. It's abtentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, abtentive.com forward slash app guy. And you can request a demo, you get a free mobile app consultation. You don't even need a credit card to try this stuff out. And you get to understand the way to communicate with your users, uh, get to uh, use intelligent ratings prompts. Uh, There's a lot of stuff there to really help boost your app profile and get more downloads as well, uh, which is always uh, something that we need. So apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase. I really do go and check them out. They've been great supporter of the show. Uh, thank you very much to Abtentive uh, for continuing to support the show. So there's two more things we need to do then, uh, Rush, before we say goodbye to you. One is that we we want to really uh, explore the, the ways in helping others who may be in corporate jobs leave, leave their jobs. I mean, this is a show that inspires people and you've gone through this. I know you've talked a little bit through it, but is there any practical steps you could advise anyone who has those feelings that you had practical steps in what they should be doing to make a change and follow their passion themselves? What would you advise them? Absolutely. I think mentors play a big role. I have been extremely fortunate in my life to have had an, a, a number of close mentors who are very successful in their own right, um, who've been incredibly supportive. So I think you should tap into your personal or professional network and find a mentor um, who you can bounce ideas like this off. Because often when they're older, they have a lot more experience and they've kind of seen the cycles and they've seen the ups and downs and can give you incredible guidance. 
and can also provide some level of comfort. You know, if you know that if things go hor- horribly, horribly wrong, there are still people out there that will look out for you. So I think building those mentor connections, and you can't make these overnight, but you should start doing them as soon as possible. Incredibly helpful. The second is, you know, follow your passion, but at the same time, start small. It's not that hard to, you know, run betas with friends and family. Get that data, and then once you see that there's enough data points out there, take the plunge. I did not do this um, in retrospect. I probably should have, but I'm, I'm very happy with the way things turned out. But you know, for anyone listening to this and thinking about it, um, you have to do that. And the last point I'd probably say is that you know, if you're truly passionate about the idea, at, at some point just bite the bullet and do it. Um, seeing the amount of effort that I've had to put into this. Um, so I worked in finance, as did you, Paul. You probably know the hours. I, I was regularly working 18-hour days and I thought, oh, like starting my own business, that, that's going to be so easy. I'm used to working hard and I'm reasonably smart. This shouldn't be hard at all. But starting out something on your own, is it's emotionally draining. It, it's extraordinarily taxing and it's unlike anything that I had seen in you know my previous six years of by-side experience. So you have to prepare yourself emotionally for it. Um, make sure you know you, there is no loose ends. Like if, if, if I were to have just gotten married or if I had a child, that, that would not be the right time to do this. So you, you have to pick the right time in your life where you can dedicate 100% of yourself to your company and then just pick it and then run with it. I love that conversation because it's so relevant to my own experience as well. I mean, personally, I had to find the humility of leaving and following initially a failed business. The second thing is the work ethic. Working in finance, is it seemed to be quite easy to you know, get paid every month mm-hmm. and not worry about it. Right. Uh, and I found that myself, it was a psych, it took actually for me a few years to switch mindsets. Uh, and I feel much more r- rich and rewarded for it now, but it certainly took a long time for me personally. Absolutely. And now I think you touched on a great point and that's humility, right? I think when you're working in a corporate job or especially something like finance, you usually find yourself surrounded by really successful, driven people. And when you, when I when I stepped out of that cocoon into the world, I was smacked down very quickly. And when 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 I decided to wrap up my first venture, that you know, call, calling it a failure was extraordinarily taxing. But you know, you you have to learn how to grow thick skin, um, very very thick skin, and you know, take it on the chin and move on. So, so the final thing then, Rish, the final thing we'll touch on before we then get your contact details, it is that this is a pretty awesome app. I am loving it. I would love to know how you're actually technically summarizing the news. Uh, is this a manual process for you or are you incorporating any machine learning into your app? It's a hybrid. We initial, The initial screens are conducted by machines and algorithms. Uh, but every summary you see on the app uh, actually then undergoes a layer of human checks and human editors go through it and add things to the summaries that the computer might have missed out and, you know, check it from everything from facts to grammar. Uh, so it's a combination of the both, two things. So I want to appeal to anyone who is listening right now is that 
you have the world's biggest, most successful company called Apple. who released a news app. And, and here you are bootstrapping your own idea. And I personally think your app is better than the Apple news app. That's that to me that that is the inspiration for anyone else who says, I'll never be able to do this. You can do it. Look, here you are taking on news and taking on Apple in a way. Uh, and uh, you've come up with something which is, in my opinion, better. That, that, that's and, uh, very high praise, that's Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't actually know anyone who's using the Apple News app since it's come out. It's just one of those icons that sit there. But I can see that your app has got a good future because it's so intuitive and and yet easy to digest. And I look at my wife, who's a really avid news reader, and she is trying to read news off of uh, websites on a phone. Uh, there's pop-ups, there's links, there's they take you away from the site. It's awful experience. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can see that the the problem that you're trying to solve is a, a really uh, courageous one. So all the best with it. And how can people reach out and connect? I mean, there will be full show notes, episode 459 for anyone listening. Just go to theappguy.co and search for uh, Rish Sadiwala. But in the meantime, how can people reach out and connect with you, Rish? Sure. Uh, They could email me. My email address is rush at zoltapp.com. Again, that's R-U-S-H at Z-O-L-T-A-P-P dot com. Or they could find me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is R-U-S-H underscore Zolt. Great. Okay, look, you love your idea so much, you have decided to rename your surname on Twitter, Zolt. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in separating my personal life from my, my professional life, but the lines are getting <laughs> blurred very quickly. They are indeed. Well, this has been a a wonderful chat. Thank you so much for coming on and all the best with the future of the app. Thank you so much, Paul. This has been a pleasure. Remember to go and check out www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com, who are the world's best app store optimization company. And I highly recommend uh, using them to improve the optimization of your apps and help them get discovered in the app store and use their algorithms and their data cube from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So www.gummycube.com. And thanks to Gummycube for being such a great supporter of this show. Also remember that this episode has been brought to you by Apptentive. They have the intelligent ratings reviews widget and you need to use this to get higher up the charts and get better reviews going onto your review page. So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash app guy. Uh, all over case. And thank you Apptentive for continuing to support the show.